Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, welcome to episode 14 of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm and I'm here once again with Adam Kersenblatt. Uh, off the top this week, I want to let you know that we have a bit of a programming note. Uh, this is going to be our last week on the current platform that uh, you are listening to us on now. So if you want to continue listening to the show going forward, we'll be having our own feed. Uh, you'll be able to find the link in the show description for this show and then you can can subscribe on your preferred platform and uh, we'll be coming to you on that platform in weeks to come. So uh, we look forward to uh, meeting with you over there next week. Uh, as far as this week's um, content episode goes, we'll be looking into some injury returns in our WHL headlines. We'll also check in on the three stars of the week, take a look at a couple of prospects who were passed over in the 2022 draft. We'll check in on the Toronto Maple Leafs as our NHL team of the week. And catch up with Connor Bedard after he broke the 100-point barrier for the second straight year over the weekend. Uh, been a fun week in WHL land. How are you, Adam? What's been going on? Uh, you know, I'm good over here. Um, some exciting times in the WHL, as you mentioned, with uh, two highly touted prospects that missed the top prospects game coming back. Uh, that is Andrew Crystal and Samuel Hanzik, who we'll talk about, you know, in a few short minutes. I got to watch Hanzik's two games and uh you know just absolutely incredible i got to catch up with him after the second game so i can talk a little bit about that when we get uh down to talking about his first uh his return to action but other than that yeah exciting games uh lots of whl action as you know family day was going on so we had games on a monday which was really exciting because there were some fantastic matchups and a lot of upsets over the weekend in the whl world so lots to talk about when it comes to WHL for sure. And as the playoff race gets tighter and tighter, we're starting to see you know, teams get better and the top teams starting to emerge from each uh, conference. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the midst of working on a story on one of those top teams uh, for the magazine right now. I don't want to say too much about that until I get it pinned down and get my uh, get my interviews locked and loaded. But uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to be uh, to be checking in on, uh, on one of those uh uh, dominant franchises in the very near future. Um, I also uh, stopped in at the uh, Rogers Arena for a couple of Canucks games last week, saw the uh, Rangers and the Flyers as they came through town. So a little bit of dub content there. I guess the uh, the biggest star would have been Carter Hart, the former Everett Silvertip and uh, um, Edmonton native. Uh, doesn't play that often in Vancouver when they come through because he always wants that start against the Oilers. But uh, they played in Calgary as well yesterday, so it worked out this time, and we got to uh, got to see Hart. Um, Travis Sandheim, the former Calgary hitman, also played in Vancouver on Saturday night. Was not so fortunate when he got to Calgary on Monday, as he ended up being the latest victim of uh, John Tortorella's wrath and was healthy scratched with friends and family in the stands. Um, and then from the Rangers game, we also had former Brandon Wheat King, Braden Schneider, 
uh, on the D for the uh, powerhouse Rangers playing a regular role there. So uh, a few dub guys making making their way in the league. And, and uh, I expect Sanheim will be back in before long. And it's probably just one of those catching his attention kind of moments that uh, John Tortorella is kind of famous for. Um, Upcoming this week, we've got uh, the Bruins in town to take on the Canucks. So looking forward to seeing what this possibly historically good NHL team is really all about. So um, that'll be that'll be interesting on Saturday night. Um, so we'll start off with our headline section. As you uh, as you mentioned, uh, our main uh, subject this week is the return from injury of uh, of Andrew Crystal and Samuel Hanzak. Yeah, so. Samuel Honzik and Andrew Crystal. So Samuel Honzik with the Vancouver Giants, Andrew Crystal with the Kelowna Rockets. These are two potential first rounders in this coming draft. They both were returned to action after long lengths. I'll start with uh, Andrew Crystal here. So he's been out since January 7th. He missed uh, 14 games with the lower body injury. They didn't really specify on what the lower body injury was, but that's very common when it comes to the WHL. Um, his first game back, he had four goals, six shots, uh, and... Uh, in a game against Everett. We're going to talk a little bit about him later on the show, but I think it's safe to say that Andrew Crystal really missed uh, going to the rink and had all of this energy and kind of just exploded on the ice there against Everett. Yeah, yeah, and considering that he was near the top of the uh, WHL scoring race when he got hurt, uh, I get the impression that he's uh, trying to make up some ground and, and put himself right back into that slot again before long with the uh, production rate he's showing. Yes, um, exciting player, especially with Kelowna fighting for that final playoff spot with Victoria. Uh, he is a welcomed addition to that team because they really need that scoring, and he is such a dynamic player at both ends of the ice. So it will be ex interesting to see how he continues the rest of the season and if that injury starts to play up or not or if he is at 100% a health already. So the other player... Uh, Samuel Honzik of the Vancouver Giants. So his first game back, he didn't have any points, but you could tell that he was working his way back from that injury. He did have a cut on his leg, and this was a injury that happened at the World Juniors. And I remember, you know, when this injury happened, a lot of people were concerned that he might have sliced his Achilles. Luckily for him, it was a little bit higher than the Achilles tendon, so he only missed 20 games. But I, you know, only I know. Yeah. <laughs> When you think of the situation in the fact that he could have missed a year, 20 games is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but you could tell, like, the first game he was feeling things out. He took some hits. He threw some hits. He played well. But you could definitely tell that he was gaining his confidence back. And then in that second game on on uh, Family Day, he was the best player, no question. Two goals on the night. He was using his body to shield the puck on dump-ins and on uh, drives to the net. He scored an absolute beautiful goal on the second goal where he shoots the puck in, tra tracks the rebound, and buries it right in front of the goaltender with no space. He also almost blew up the water bottle with a one with a <laughs> shot on the power play. Nice. You know, reminiscent of kind of an Elias Pettersson type shot with how accurate and how strong that shot was. And then after the game, it was interesting talking to him. You know, he was talking about how he feels good, how he you know, learned a lot at the top prospects. He didn't participate in the game, but just hanging out with all the coaches and everything. He did confirm to us that he has talked to quite a few scouts already. 
Um, but one of the things that I noticed and I really like about Samuel Hanzik is that his skating is so good. That's a, that's my opinion of his skating. Like you can just tell he has those long strides. He has, and he has he can pick up speed very quickly. And he he's not one of these short short um, stuttered like skating. It, it's very smooth. And he talked about how he needs to get better in skating. So to me, that really shows that, you know, this is a kid who, even though he is this highly touted and he has all of these skills, he's always looking to get better. And he understands that, you know, even though you're one of the top players in the WHL, that does not necessarily mean that it's going to translate to the NHL, that there's still work that needs to get done. But if he plays like he did on Monday, you know the Vancouver Giants are 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 going to be a strong team going into the playoffs, and I I don't know if they can necessarily take down Kamloops in the first round because that's kind of where it's headed to, but they can definitely make it that a, a long series if uh, Samuel Hanzik is a hundred percent on this game. Yeah, and it's worth remembering too that this is only Hanzek's first year in North America. So, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that transition. And the fact that he's been able to carve out a spot for himself so successfully in the WHL, um, you know, Bob McKenzie was talking about him as a potential first round draft pick at World Juniors before he got hurt. So, if he can get momentum back on his side through the final stretch, and as you say, prolong the uh the the playoff opportunity for the giants as long as possible because that's where the spotlight always will shine brighter and and he's a kid that's um you know scouts may not have known a lot about before this year and so he needs to kind of muscle his way in among all those familiar names if he wants to uh secure a first round spot um at the at the draft in june so that'll be super fun to watch um, now, the other thing we wanted to mention in headlines today is uh, a look at uh, at the next generation because these 17-year-old draft eligibles are too old for us now. Um, so the uh, the Canada Winter Games is on right now in Prince Edward Island, and it's running from February 18th to March the 5th. Um, there's been a ton of notable NHL alumni that have gone through that event. You know, everybody from Crosby and McKinnon and Stamkos to uh, players like Dylan Gunther more, re more recently. Um, the uh, male tournament is running now and on through February 25th. And then the uh, female tournament will run over the second week of the uh, of the event. So, um, Adam, you picked out a couple of, uh, of WHL uh, players who are making uh some some drawing some attention to themselves at these games so far yeah so this is a tournament so just to kind of set the scene for people who have not heard of the canada winter games it's basically an opportunity for the top youth in canada to participate in an olympic style event so the canada winter games is every four years and in between every canada winter games is the canada summer games so the next, so this is the 2023 games. The next game will be 2025 at the summer and then 2027 will have winter. So it's really, an, you know, this opportunity is one that not a lot of players get to experience. You have to be born in the right year, essentially, to play in this game. You know, it's, it's similar to the Olympics. And like we look at Steven Stamkos, you know, Steven Stamkos has never played in the Olympics, regardless yeah. of how good he is, just because the timing has never been the right time. So, you know, players really take the opportunity to play well at this event. And it, like, like we've seen, it's produced over 50 players who are currently or have played a game in the NHL this year. So some of the players that we're looking at, luckily for, if you're a WHL fan, 
you do get an opportunity to watch the top three picks from this last year's draft. So that's Gavin McKenna, Jackson Smith, and Cole Reshny. Um, but I want to focus a little bit on Gavin McKenna. So this is the first overall pick for the Medicine Hat Tigers in the 2022 draft. He did have exceptional status this season. So he's played 11 games with Medicine Hat. And he has been absolutely spectacular so far in this tournament for the UConn. So his first game in the tournament, he had six goals and three assists for Nunavut. Second game, he had two goals and five assists against the Northwest Territories. And then this morning, he had three goals and one assist versus PEI. Now, <laughs> there is a game later on tonight. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up. But if, with the math, that puts him at 20 points in three games and 11 goals. So when you look at that on the tournament all-time list, he's played three games. Let's just put that into perspective. He sits fourth all-time in points <laughs> at the tournament, and he's tied for second in goals with Steven Stamkos and Brandon uh, Convray, uh, former Leafs first overall pick from before I was born. Uh, <laughs> but like that just shows you know how talented this kid is. Like. There's a reason that he, at 14 years old, he made his WHL de debut and he put up four assists. Uh, this is the second exceptional player behind Connor Bedard in the w in WHL history. Uh, this and for people who don't necessarily know that when we're talking about Gavin McKenna, we're talking about the 2026 NHL draft. So three more drafts from now is when we can, when when we'll start looking at him. But you know, never too early to start looking at. Uh, the next highly touted prospect from the WHL. For sure. And if you, uh, you know, you want to get those bragging rights among your friends about the, uh, you know, the the next hot prospect that's that's on his way. Uh, the uh, the games are streamed on the uh, on the Canada Winter Games website. So you can take a peek at uh, at what McKenna has been up to so far with those. That's just insane. 20 points in three games. That's averaging over six points a game. And uh, and just to know, we're recording on Tuesday. So that's uh, Tuesday night. We're talking about that. He's got another game um, and uh, the. I guess we've got four four days left in the uh, in the male side of the uh, of the tournament, so that'll that'll be super exciting to uh, to see what McKenna's up the rest of the way here. Yeah, so he definitely has two more games at the minimum. So there's the game tonight because they're in a division with five teams. Everybody else is in a division with four, so he gets to play one extra round robin game, and then he'll play one more game uh, at at the minimum in the round in you know in the tournament version of it now UConn it, it will be interesting to see because we saw this with Sidney Crosby and guys like Nathan McKinnon where it's like they carried their team to positions um unfortunately neither of them meddled at the event but we'll see if you know McKenna can push the UConn past you know some of these teams like Team BC that's very strong Ontario always has a very strong team Alberta is all, always in that mix in Quebec like you know when you get to the non-territory and non-island uh, or maritime teams, the level of competition usually steps up a bit. That's not saying that, you know, the Maritimes have produced very good teams over the past, but that's generally the trend that we see in this tournament. Yeah, and that's mostly just population-based. The more kids you have to pick from, the more good kids you're going to find. Yes. Uh... All right, there was uh, one other tidbit you had before we leave the Canada Winter Games behind. Yes, so if you are a WHO fan uh, and um, Chloe Primareno, who was 
drafted by the Vancouver Giants this last uh, at, in the last draft. She is participating in the BC on the BC Women's U18 team, um, and so that tournament kicks off right after the um, men's tournament did. Now Chloe Primareno is she's fifth or uh, just turned 16 years old in January. Um, defenseman, she's playing up in uh, Kelowna for the Rink Hockey Academy up there. Uh, and then I was looking, and she's also participating in a U18 league as a 15 slash 16 year old. So when I last look, uh, when I last looked before the weekend started, she was 20 points ahead of the next highest defenseman in the league for points. So she had 48. The next highest had 28. And this is a player who is, like I said, 15 slash 16 year old dominating. I really think that she's going to get a chance in the WHL just because she's so good. Now, interesting fact about that, if she does play in the WHL, it doesn't affect her NCAA scholarship uh, potential. So she can play right. in that. And, you know, we'll see in the next couple of years, she'll definitely get called for Canada at the U18 level, uh, especially if this winter, Canada Winter Games, she puts on a performance like everybody is expecting. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting tidbit about the NCAA thing. I'd heard about that previously, that um, because she's playing in the dub and it's a male league, it doesn't affect her eligibility for women's hockey at the U.S. college level. And so that's why it's a little bit different situation for her than it is for uh, for the guys. Yes. So before we wrap up the Canada Games uh, discussion, I have a little bit of a WHL-themed uh, trivia question for you, Carol. Are you ready for it? Uh, try me. Which former WHL player and current NHL player is tied for the tournament lead all time in goals at the Canada Winter Games. Oh my God. Um, I'm going to go just based on the notes that you put up. Oh, there's, there are a couple choices here. I didn't put I, him in the notes. You didn't put him in the notes. Oh no. Well, I still want to, my heart still says Jordan Everly. I want to go with Jordan Everly because he's great at stuff like that. The answer is Vancouver Canucks center Curtis Lazar, who had 12. Wow. And also has stepped up many times on uh, on national stages. Uh, poor Curtis is on the shelf right now, but uh, still hasn't lost his smile or his sense of humor with the Canucks. So uh, um, that's that, that's cool. Nice to uh, remember back on uh, on some of the achievements that he's had over the years. And uh, good one, you got me. Um, he'll still Jordan Everly will still be number one in my heart for all those kinds of questions, though. Uh, all right, let's move on to our three stars of the week. And uh, this week we're starting in Lethbridge. Yeah, so Lethbridge, we're going to start with goaltender Brian Thompson. Uh, Brian Thompson. Uh, there's no P there. Sorry about that. Uh, so this is a um, this is a 2002 born player. So this is last year in the WHL. He's playing for Lethbridge. He has not played that much this year. He has a 7-3-1 record. But this past week, he played two games. He had a shutout and stopped 66 of 67 shots uh, against Calgary and Brandon. So 0. 0.5 uh, goals against average, 985 save percentage, and it helped Lethbridge pick up two, or sorry, four massive points in the standing. Like we talked about last week, you know, Lethbridge is in that four or five spot. So they're competing with Moose Jaw for that um, home ice advantage. So those four points go a massive long way, especially with the fact that they can take down a team like Brandon who is a very who's having a very good season and has a very talented and deep squad so yeah undrafted goaltender and it's it's really nice to see you know these goalies especially in their final year putting on performances like this 
Yeah, and as far as playoff positioning goes, too, it looks like um, like Thompson has had a couple injuries this year. And so the fact that he's getting the majority of the starts now and playing well, like you said, could bode very well for Lethbridge in terms of, uh, you know, how they're going to do going forward here the rest of the way. So uh, good on Brandon Thompson. Uh, second star, the powerhouse Winnipeg Ice. Yeah, so these are always difficult to pick when you have a team like Winnipeg or Seattle. And, you know, there's so many players that you can pick from. But I'm going to go with uh, Buffalo Sabres first round pick from uh, last year. So ninth overall, Matthew Savoy. Uh, so we have uh, four goals and seven points plus 16 shots in four games. He put up points in all four games. And actually before the game on family day, he had a six game goals uh, streak going. But Matthew Savoy, I, you know, there's a reason he's a top 10 pick. 26 goals, 66 points in 48 games. He's third on scoring uh, on Winnipeg right now, 14th in the league. He's playing, you know, on a on a stack team with guys like Zach Benson, Connor McClellan, um, Ben Zlotti, Zach Ostopchuk, Mason Bopit. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, but it's good to for these type of players, even though the teams are stacked, to be able to kind of step up and show – um, that they aren't getting lost in the crowd. Yeah, and given the um, success that Buffalo's been having with their high draft picks lately, um, if the Sabres are going to anoint you their ninth overall pick, that probably bodes very well for uh, for Matthew Savoy's future once he gets to the NHL, although it's getting mighty crowded uh, up in the forward ranks. So, so much talent. Oh, what a terrible problem to have to worry about. <laughs> uh, now for our first star of the week, as you uh, mentioned earlier, you kind of foreshadowed this one a little bit, uh, and and uh, so we go back to the uh, Kelowna Rockets. Yeah, so let's, we're going to, for the first star, we're going to give uh, props to Andrew Crystal. Um, not just for the fact that he scored four goals in his return to the WHL, that he's looked so good, you know, over the weekend and over the last week. So Andrew Crystal, um, he had, like I said, four goals, seven points, and 10 shots in three games. He helped uh, Kelowna stay perfect. So that's six massive points in the standing to help separate them from Victoria. Um, and it's just nice to see, you know, a player like we talked about who's been out for so long and has basically picked up from where they started. So we know how skilled Andrew Crystal is right now. He has uh 69 points in 39 games and he's 10th in the league. So it's, it's kind of a fun game to play. Where would he be if he had those 14 games back? How close would he be to Bedard? And, you know, speaking of Bedard, him, Zach Benson and, and um and Bedard so Bedard sorry Bedard Benson and Crystal all played together in in junior before coming to the WHL so it's nice to see all three of them you know close to the top of the scoring list and having success all in the same year yeah, and I think for Crystal too it's these last games are going to be so important to him because he was already had a bit of a question mark attached to him because he's not the biggest kid in the world. Um, and then missing these games, he slides down the standings a little bit. He's not at top prospects where the billions of scouts are out and, you know, saying that they don't put a lot of stock in just one game while still putting a lot of stock in just one game. And uh, so he's got to really put the pedal to the metal in order to uh, get his, uh, his momentum going back up the draft board. Um, so many good players coming in this draft and, and he deserves to be among them. Like you said, it'll be really interesting to see um, 
how things shake out and and whether I don't know if it's realistic to think that all three of those guys that you mentioned that Bedard, Benson and Crystal could go, I don't know, maybe top 15. Is that, is that viable? I think that if Andrew Crystal really puts his foot to the pedal here, I, I know that Bedard and Benson are probably top five. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if Crystal goes in the top 15, especially if it's a team you know, that has multiple picks like the St. Louis Blues or the Vancouver Canucks who have multiple picks, first round picks in that first round. Yeah. And could have, you know, two picks in the top 15. I would not be surprised if if Crystal's kind of like that added bonus that you can add right. uh, a, like in that 10 to 15 range. Yeah, and like you say, with it, when it's multiple picks, they tend to be a little more willing to take a flyer on a skill guy rather than being more concerned about making sure that they've got somebody who's going to make it to the show. All right, let's move on. Um, our player spotlight this week, we've got two players who are eligible for the 2023 draft because they were passed over in 2022. So tell us about them and, and what makes them uh, valuable this year. So before we list the players, both have interesting uh, birth places because neither of them are conventional to the WHL. Um, the first is a Windsor, Ontario-born uh, Grady Seatman for the Calgary Hitmen. So he's 138th overall among uh, North American scout uh, skaters this year. Five foot ten, 185 pound right shot defenseman. Uh, he did play for Canada on the U18 team last year in 2022. So three games and uh, three points. And he has quite a lot of skills, you know, for a defense. He's an offensively minded defenseman, uh, passing ability to read plays, and he has pretty good skating. He also is very smart, so he has a high hockey IQ, and he can make those plays that get the puck out of the zone. So even if he's being pressured by the defenseman, he is good enough that he can, you know, make those passes between the uh, defender's foot and stick or between the defender's legs to get the puck and move it out. He also was very good at making the simple play. So you won't necessarily see him, you know, try to do a middle of the ice uh, pass to a forward who is at center ice where there's a defender right in the way. So he's very good at making those smart plays and not making those passes that end up in the back of the net. Um, okay. As for, yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask you, um, as far as Graydon goes, um, why do you think he was passed over last year if he's such a, a skilled guy? Now, the big thing about Graydon is his size, obviously. Uh, a lot of teams don't like picking players who are under six feet unless they're very, very solid all around. Uh, that's just a, that's just something that we've noticed over the last couple of years. His defensive game is not the best. Uh, he is an offensively gifted defensor, but he at his draft year, like I said, he needed to work on his defense. He's worked on it a little bit this year. He's gotten better in his own zone. Um, so that will be something to watch if he can continue the stronger play in the defensive zone and if he can actually get drafted this year because that's all like I, like I said if you're a smaller defender who has problems in your zone odds are scouts are probably going to look past you okay and uh, your second player so we got Borea Vallis Regina Pats uh, he has had the opportunity to play with uh, Connor Bedard which is why I think that he might get an opportunity to get drafted this year. Born in Denver, Colorado, he's six foot two, 187 pounds, 183rd ranked among North American skaters. And what one thing that's really stood out about him is that he's really embracing his side. So he's become that power forward uh, type player. You know, he's good along the boards, 
And he's not afraid to play physical, which I think has helped Connor Bedard a little bit. It's given him a little bit more space because you do have to, defenders do have to contend with this bigger body that's uh, beside him. You know, we see this in the NHL law where you have maybe a smaller player and then you have a bigger winger next to them to kind of balance that out. But yeah, he's he's played well together. Bedard and him have some chemistry. So we'll see if that's enough to get him drafted. He didn't, uh, and then going back to why he didn't get drafted last year, in his first year in the WHL, he wasn't giving, getting too many opportunities. He got 25 points in 57 games, uh, and he was just kind of getting used to the league. He came from the Colorado minor hockey league system. So this was more of a situation where he just needed to learn the league before getting drafted. Um, and as you mentioned, anytime he's playing with Bedard, he'll get lots of eyeballs on him. So that plus his size could uh, could put him in good position to end up being a, a later round pick for a team uh, that, that's looking for those uh, those qualities this year. All right. Time is passing quickly. Let's move on to our team of the week. Um, we'll try not to take too much time here, but it is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they do have uh, some prospects in the WHL right now, including uh, one newly acquired just a few days ago. Yeah. So we'll talk about Josh, uh, Josh Pillar. Um, he plays for the Saskatoon Blades. He was recently part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade to the Maple Leafs um, from the Minnesota Wild. 127th overall uh, by Minnesota in 2021. He had 31 uh, points in 29 games with Kamloops before being traded back to the Blades. That was family-related why he got traded. Um, so he gets to play back home. He's played. He played 17 games last year, but he's been limited to just 14 games due to injury. So he got back last, uh, you know, this past weekend. I got to see him play on, what would it be, uh, Saturday night when Saskatoon was in Vancouver. Big physical guy, not afraid to throw hits, but you could tell that he's kind of getting back to his game. So that is something to watch over the next um, couple of weeks. You know, he didn't have, as far as the trade goes, he didn't have a contract with Minnesota. So this was more of just trading an asset around. And the Leafs have to sign him or else they lose his rights uh, at the beginning of June. So that will be something to watch if they're going to add him to their system. Uh, next, we'll jump over to uh, Brandon Lazowski. Um, first, same team, Sask Saskatoon Blades. This was a player that Toronto actually picked. So uh, 218th overall by Toronto in 2022. He's a smaller winger, but he can produce at a point of game uh, pace. 27 goals, 52 points in 51 games. Last year, he had 33 goals, 58 points in 68 games. He's really stepped up his game this year. Uh, so we'll see how he develops and uh, how he can produce on a really deep Saskatoon Blades team. He is playing on the first line. So that is encouraging if you are a Leafs fan. Um, and yeah, he definitely has a lot of skill just based off watching him. Um, lastly here, we'll jump into Fraser Minton, who I have a lot to say, uh, not just because I've watched him so many times over the last couple of years, but because I think that Toronto hit a home run here when they drafted him 38th overall in 2022. He's already signed by the Leafs, so that's a good sign. Uh, 25 goals, 50 points in 43 games this year. He had 20 goals, 55 points in 57 games last year. Uh, and this is a player that I feel could be a Nick Benino type player at the next level. You know, he's strong two-way game. He's good at the face-offs. He can produce points. And I really wouldn't be surprised if he hits, you know, that 800 games played mark by the time his career is done. And I could see him making his NHL debut in, you know, less than four years. 
Um, that's fantastic. That's a, uh, yeah, a player we don't hear a lot about from, uh, from Kamloops. So it also sounds like he's somebody who could be a real reliable force if the Blazers make as much noise in the playoffs as they're hoping to, as the, uh, as the, uh, the Memorial cup hosts and kind of, uh, trying to go in with their best foot forward, I guess, from that respect as well. Um, let's move on now. Our final segment of the week, of course, is the, uh, is the Connor. Connor Bedard report, and uh, as you may have heard, um, with a, a lovely symmetry of numbers, he managed to hit 50 goals and 50 assists for 100 points, all on the same night and on the same night as uh, as Connor McDavid was doing it in the NHL. So I feel like that added a little extra pop to his uh, to his stat line. Yeah. So we, Connor Bedard, you know what can you say about him? Uh, I was, you know, we were talking about this a little bit, you know. 50 goals in 40 games kind of invokes that Gretzky 39 and 50 at the, in the NHL many uh, years ago, but obviously it's a different league. Uh, yeah. There's a reason that nobody's done that since Gretzky. And I don't think that that will ever happen again unless, unless some sort of rule change happens in the NHL. But yeah, the, we're getting into that time of the year where we can start comparing Bedard to, uh, to McDavid uh, you know, former first overall pick, former exception, both are exceptional players uh, in their leagues. But you look at the, you know, a major difference in that Bedard is kind of doing this without a supporting cast. Like when you look at McDavid, uh, McDavid in his final draft year or his draft year, 120 points in 47 games with 44 goals. He didn't even lead his team in points that year, but that was also because he participated at the World Juniors, so he didn't miss some team. But that was a team that had Dylan Strom, Darren Radish. Uh, Travis Dermott and Alex DeBrinkett. So that's a pretty good, even at the junior level, that's a pretty good set of players. They had three players that hit 100 points that year. Um, and as we know, Connor Bedard does not have that beside him. So, yeah. or at least not that we know, because everybody thought Alex DeBrinkett was too small and was never going to make it as an NHL player at that time. So, you know, maybe the, the, the Tanner Howes of the world are still going to surprise us as we go forward. Yeah, but. Yeah, uh, you never know with Tanner Howe. I think that he's a pretty good prospect, um, but we'll see where... The interesting thing about Tanner Howe will be how will he play next year without Bedard? That's the yeah. big question. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so we're getting to that point. Bedard is definitely on pace to beat McDavid's 120 points this year. The question yeah. is, can he do it in uh, the... What is that? 42, 47... <laughs> 47 games in five more yeah. games. Yes. And so what's he at now? Because he got, he had ended up with nine points over the weekend. So he's at what, 104, 105? He's at, he's at 105 at the moment. Okay. So he needs 15 points in five games, which is three points a game, which is completely doable for him. Um, so what's uh, what's his schedule for the next week? Well, this is why it's completely doable is because of how, <laughs> You know he is set up over the next couple games so they have medicine hat at a home um on wednesday so a midweek game and then they do home and home uh branded friday saturday so last time uh earlier this year he put up a hat trick and one assist versus medicine hat so that's pretty encouraging um that he could potentially you know have a very big game against medicine hat because regina needs those points as well in the standings but he hasn't scored a goal against the against brandon this year so that will be an interesting one to watch. Now they only have played one time or he's only played Brandon one time and he put up two assists, but he hasn't scored a goal yet. So we'll see how he goes. 
Uh, three goals, four assists over the past three game, uh, over the ne- over the next three games is kind of what the bar should be. So he could he'll be close to that 120, but he might need that fourth and fifth game to match McDavid in his uh, draft year. Okay, so you've got him down for seven points over the next three games. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. I'll take him. I'll take him for nine for the three points a game, and assume that he's got like a bucket list item where he needs to like take Brandon down and take them off the list of teams that he hasn't scored against this season. So uh, I, I, I have faith that that will all play out. So uh, we'll, we'll check in next week and see where Connor's at. And uh, yeah, that's a, a very interesting uh, number to see if he can get to uh, get to 120 points over the next uh, two weeks or so. So uh, lots of little benchmarks to hit before we get uh, all the way to the end of the season. Um, that takes us to the uh, end of our episode and our content for you this week. Thanks again for listening and uh, and take care. And again, just a reminder, if you um, want to continue to uh, be subscribed to us, make sure you check the, the show notes um, after you're finished listening or while you're listening. Doesn't really matter, I guess. And uh, and and click on the. Uh, the link to your desired platform and so you'll be subscribed going forward we'll have uh, lots more whl news for you uh over the uh you know from the next week or so as uh things intensify and we get closer and closer to the playoffs also don't forget to listen to uh, the rest of the hockey news family of podcasts we've got the main pod all the other prospect pods from the canadian leagues as well as the u.s the ahl the echl and uh so much more we've got a full week of uh of hockey podcast listening lined up for you so uh enjoy that take care and uh, we'll look forward to catching you next week